You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost. Well, one of the top members of Canada basketball is moving on. Michelle O'Keefe announced she will be stepping down as president and CEO at the end of June to be the athletics director at Niagara College. Michelle O'Keefe has worked with Canada basketball off and on for over two decades and has been witness and contributor to a new era of Canadian basketball. But don't call it a golden age, as we'll uh, get to soon. Michelle joins me on the podcast to talk about her time with the organization and some of the things she's been a part of. Michelle, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for the invitation. And uh, so you've worked on and off with Canada basketball since 1994. Uh, Tell me about what the state of basketball was like when you started. Back in 1994, I was hired as a program coordinator for the summer, and uh, Toronto and Hamilton were hosting the FIBA World Championships. So it was a crazy, hectic summer. Um, and then I've, I've had the good fortune of, of staying on, like you said, on and off for the last 24 years. I like to tease the, the young people in the office that uh, back in those days, there was one of me that did all of their jobs, and there's probably about five of them now doing the same job. And I did it before the Internet. So... I uh, I tease them that uh, they don't even know how easy they've got it. <laughs> and uh, that's awesome. Um, so <laughs> tell me a bit about what what basketball in Canada was like back then when you started. Uh, you know, basketball had a growing interest back then. There were some good young players. Um, I think '94 was the first summer Steve Nash played on the senior team. Uh, so there was some good young athletes coming up on both the boys and or the men and the women's side uh, over the years. I think some of the things that have changed are our social media, to be quite honest with you. I think there were still some really talented young athletes back then who could have played in the NBA, um, but didn't. people didn't necessarily know who they were. Uh, I think now you can't miss a good, strong athlete from anywhere in the world because of social media. You can watch their their highlight film or their mixtape or whatever the kids are calling it these days just about anywhere. Uh, so I think people like you know Rowan Barrett and, and Steve Nash and all those guys, they had great young careers when they were just in their formative um, university days and then when they went off to play pro. And I think the difference now is that everybody is seen and nobody can get missed anymore so yeah tell me about some of those people who who might have been missed that's uh that's interesting uh you know there were people like uh rowan and jerome robinson and uh i don't know michael meeks and i don't know all those guys and on the women's side you had players like diane norman and Joby McKenzie and Cal Bouchard. And, you know, Cal played a year or two in the WNBA, and Tammy Sutton-Brown played in the WNBA, and Stacey Dales played in the WNBA. There are a, a, another bunch of other ones who didn't, your Carla Karshes and your Kelly Bouchers and, and uh, Claudia Broussard. There were a lot of really strong athletes back then who who didn't necessarily they, – they, they, they had wonderful careers playing on the national team and pr- played professionally around the world, but – they didn't necessarily get to play in the WNBA or the NBA. And what's it been like for you seeing more Canadians get uh, worldwide recognition? I think it's 
it's exciting and it's good for the game. I think what it really does for the young Canadian basketball players now is it shows them that there are Canadians who are able to reach the highest levels of basketball. Uh, before the Raptors came around, it was just whatever people saw on television. And then the Raptors came and you could see them in person and they were great athletes like Vince Carter and Chris Bosh. And at the same time, Steve Nash is becoming an all-star and MVP in the NBA. So I think you could see people and, and be like them back in those days, around 98, 99, 2000, 2002. Uh, but I think even now you've got athletes like Tristan Thompson, who's playing in the NBA Finals again, Corey Joseph, who's won an NBA championship, and Joel Anthony and, and uh, Dwight Powell and all of these guys. And there's so many of them. We've got four young women in the WNBA. There's that I think now you can – I think the young Canadians can relate to them because they are Canadian and they look like me. They talk like me. They have a similar upbringing to me, which I think is a really great incentive for our young, our young basketballers. I imagine that creates a kind of snowball effect. The more you see people like that, the more there's going to be and then so on and so on. I think you're absolutely right. You know, people will often ask me, well, this is the golden era of Canadian basketball. And my response is, no, it's not. We're just getting started. Like there's, there's already 11 young men in the, in the NBA and four young women in the WNBA. And those numbers are going to continue to grow. The depth chart right now is stronger than it's ever been. The development programs are, are incredibly strong and aligned across the, the whole country. And so I think it's we're just getting started. Tell me a bit about those uh, development programs and how they've changed uh, over the past while. Uh, probably the first really aligned program was called uh, the Nike Centers for Performance. And every province or every group of provinces had a development program. Uh, the curriculum was created by Canada Basketball, and the coaches were trained by Canada Basketball. And then it was local, provincial coaches who dev uh, delivered the program. And those programs paid off in spades. It really, a lot of, of athletes came through those those development programs. Uh, and now we've got targeted athlete strategy, and more and more curriculum is aligned with what the provinces and territories are delivering. And, and you see the smaller provinces are embracing it. You can see a New Brunswick and a Manitoba who are winning their fair share of games at the provincial team level and and seeing how they buy into the aligned curriculum is i mean it just warms the cockles of your heart because you can truly see what can be accomplished when people work together you've talked about the social media and, and the seeing the raptors and then other uh top nba stars how important is that development to all that at that grassroots level it's, yeah it's critical because otherwise there's a there's only so many jobs inside the system of, of staying at a provincial sport organization or a national sport organization or working at a school. But there are a lot of other people out there, adults out there, who want to make a living uh, with basketball. And why shouldn't they? I mean, it's the best sport in the world, and, and we live in the best country, and so they all want to be a part of it. And so I think what we need to make sure we're doing is embracing it and making sure that we, uh, we're all rowing in the same direction. I mean, we're, we're blessed with having a school system and a club system and a provincial system. So 
it's it's a an alignment issue sometimes that we're not all rowing in the same direction maybe with rules of the game FIBA versus federation but now that the just about the whole country is playing FIBA rules now then we get to continue on with the next thing like coach education and making sure the athletes are are being trained in the appropriate way and you've been around Canada basketball for a, a while now. What are some of the highlights for you uh, in your time around the sport and uh, the country? Uh, you know, the easy answers are the national teams and, and the success that we've had on the floor. Our women are ranked fifth in the world. As a federation, we're ranked sixth in the world. Last summer, our U19 boys won gold. They're world champions. Our, our U19 girls are, are bronze medalists. Uh, to me, those things are the easy answers, but you know, for my satisfaction, I'm most excited about the alignment work that we've done. We've done some tremendous work with our officials on uh, ensuring that the officials' development plan is solid and, and that we're all aligned with FIBA rules and the FIBA um, development protocols. And Because, you know, the referees are, are unsung heroes in my mind. They take a lot of crap on the court for for what are perceived missed calls or whatever, however you want to describe it. But the officials in this country are integral in, for the development and the progression of our athletes because the athletes have to learn to play within the rules. And so it's imperative that the officials are are bought in and they're aligned. And you know, to their credit, they are fantastic people. They put on in so many volunteer hours to ensure that they are as good as they can be going to camps and paying their own way to camps across North America. So I'm excited and I'm very proud of the work that we've done with the officials in the last few months. Um, and I'm, I'm really pleased with the uh, relationships that we've built over the last few years and breaking down the silos and making sure that people are all working together and, and that we're all aiming to get athletes our Canadian basketballers on the podium and we're capturing the hearts and minds of Canadians and we're growing our numbers to rival soccer and hockey I mean soccer and hockey have uh, a considerable head start on us for um, the number of, of athletes who play the sport but I think that we can catch up um, and put in a uh, make up make sure our numbers are rivaling with them I mean, World Junior Hockey, it's still one of the best tournaments for Canadians at Christmas time. But, you know, there's how else can we capture hearts and minds as Canadians? And you see all the athletes who are the athletes, all the people who go to Jurassic Park when the Raptors are playing in the playoffs. Those numbers are incredible. And there are more and more basketball fans across this country every year. And so I'm excited about the fact that we're starting to introduce those people to national team basketball. Basketball as a whole is phenomenal, and the Raptors are incredible for shining that spotlight. And now it's time for national team basketball to take a, a big step forward. Now, you've been the president and uh, CAO, CEO since 2015. What were your priorities when you took that position? Um, mostly it was alignment. Um, we have a strategic plan that has uh, some great elements to it, like hosting meaningful events, which we've got umpteen amount of those this year and next year, and coach education and growing our numbers. Um, but it was to put the strategic plan in place, but it was all centered around growing our numbers and, and creating the alignment. Like I said, we're blessed to have school sport and club sport, but 
neither Canada Basketball nor the provincial or territorial organizations oversee school sports. That comes under the Ministry of Education. So it's a matter of breaking down those silos and, and figuring out how we can all work together. Um, so yeah, those those are the, those were the big pieces, and and I'm very proud to say we've made progress on all of it. So I think the incumbent for this position has uh, a great table set, and they just get to bring it to life. Now, something I've heard you uh, talk about in the past is that there isn't a lot of national sports organizations that have a female leader. How important is is that to you? Um, it's important to me that. Any woman who wants to have the opportunity to lead be given the opportunity. Um, I think it's important that women step forward and, and want to put their names forward to be considered for these types of roles. Sometimes I think women don't do themselves enough service and, and want to put their names forward. Um, but I think there's lots of opportunities. I know with my board, I've been very, very supported by my board. Um, that allowed me to have my dream job in the dream country uh, with the best sport in the world. So I've, I've been very fortunate that I've had people open doors for me. And I think it's important that everybody look for uh, I think an overused word is a mentor, someone who can help them and coach them along the way. But there's another phrase I heard not too long ago where you also need people who are willing to open doors for you. They don't necessarily need to spend time mentoring you or coaching you, but if they if they can believe in what you have to say, then maybe they can open a door for you. And I think that women need to embrace those moments. And I think it's important that any woman who is has got that ambition and is ready for that experience be given the opportunity. And you've certainly uh, devoted a lot of time and energy to the sport of basketball here in Canada. Why is this such a passion for you? <laughs> um, I could give you a really sarcastic answer, Philip, but I will try to give you a, a better answer than that. Um, you know, I grew up playing sports, um, predominantly basketball. I was a tall youngster, and I'm still tall. Uh, so basketball was a safe place for me as a as a young girl who uh, could find like like friends who also played sport. And, and my best friends I, were on my basketball team always growing up, elementary school, high school, university. Those That was my circle. So I think for me – I feel passionate about the game. I think it's a great game. It's allowed me to see the world and, and make my best friends through this game. You know, years ago, Michael Jordan wrote that poem to, to basketball, and I've often thought about doing the same thing because everything that I've accomplished in my life has almost predominantly been through basketball. And so I am very grateful to the game for being allowed to become my best self using that as a vehicle. Now, you, you mentioned some of your highlights uh, from your, your time there, but what are some of the just single moments where you thought to yourself, this, the, all this hard work, this is, this is worth it? Um, you know, I'm going to say there were, there's been a few, um, and they will be national team things because uh, I think some of them just show um, – a summary of, of bits. So in 2015, we hosted the Pan Am Games here in Toronto, and I think that was a great opportunity for our national teams and our staff um, to be involved in a multi-sport game uh, competition, which is very rare. And then about three weeks later, we hosted the Women's Olympic Qualifier in Edmonton uh, in the 
the top two or three teams were going to qualify for Rio. And it was the biggest uh, event that we had hosted in probably over 20 years. Um, and we didn't know what we didn't know, you know. How's that, how does that sound? Uh, we didn't know what we didn't know, but we jumped into it with a lot of enthusiasm, and our team relished it, and, and they were phenomenal. And I think our office team and our event staff did an incredible job. And we worked with Alberta Basketball and the City of Edmonton, who's been a tremendous sponsor for us. And so that was phenomenal. And then last summer, watching our U19 boys become world champions in Cairo, and I actually happened to be there. There were three fans in the stands, and I was one of them. And then, like a week later, watching our U19 girls bring home the bronze medal. I think for those two things, those two programs to be so successful last summer was interesting for me because the coaches were young. The coaches were coming up. They weren't – they weren't uh, – at the end of they're still not at the end of the career but they're still midway through their development opportunity and the fact that they were able to uh, coach their teams and bring them to such great success and at the world stage was huge um this summer we've got a lot of hosting we've got the u18 uh, america's championships for boys in st Catharines in june and we've got two men's games uh at the end of june and the women are playing turkey in edmonton so i'm very proud of the fact that we're able to get games across the country and they're meaningful games so that Canadians can see what international basketball looks like and hopefully fall in love with it the same way I did when I was younger. Now, we've talked about a lot of the uh, great and wonderful things. What have been some of the, the challenges over the past while for you as you've uh, yeah, tried to lead this? That's easy. That's easy. There's two. One is the alignment and the fact that uh, we have to convince people to want to work with us uh, because nobody is legally obligated to work with us or nobody is morally obligated to work with us. We've had to really sell ourselves and, and show some accomplishment in, in order to get people to buy in. And so I'm, I think we've made some great um, progress on that. And the, probably the very biggest challenge is, is uh, finances. Um, because as a not-for-profit, you're limited at how much public support you can get. Um, I think we've maximized everything. Own the Podium has been a tremendous partner on our high-performance side, and Sport Canada um, is also a very strong partner for us. Our corporate sponsors have been phenomenal, Um, but I think, let's be honest, professional sports in this country takes up a lot of oxygen in the room, and, and there's not a lot left over for the rest of us who who are who don't have programming that goes the whole summer long it's or the whole year long i should say we're mostly a summer-based uh program although that's starting to change now on the competition side with our men and our women so those two for me have been the biggest challenges uh, the alignment which i think we've made some great progress with and then um revenue generation which i think we've made modest progress on what's it going to take to get some more of that uh oxygen Honestly, I have no idea. I think we just keep telling our story and we keep having our athletes become successful and and maybe a, a good senior men win here or there will help. Um, I think the on the women's side and our age, our youth side, our youth boys programs have done well. We just need some success on our senior men's side and, and I think we'll be off to the races. Do you think uh, Canada is getting the recognition it deserves worldwide yet or is there still uh... – some heads that need to be turned there. 
Oh, no. In, honestly, internationally, we are very well recognized. Our biggest problem is in our own country. Um, I think we've we've started to turn more heads domestically, but internationally, we're not at the kiddies table anymore. We're at the big boy table. And I think there's a few reasons for that. One, I got elected to the FIBA Central Board four years ago, and that helps. We've We've been hosting meaningful games, so we've got skin in the game, and our teams have started to be successful. So internationally, we have great respect. Uh, domestically, I think we're slowly getting there. I think in the amateur sport world, people recognize the progress that we've made. Um, but I think it, it had to happen internationally before it happened nationally. Well, as you said, it's going to be uh, exciting to watch. Not the golden age, but the start of the golden age, we can say, uh, in the next little while. Exactly. Uh, yep. Michelle, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And uh Best of luck in your future endeavors. I'm sure uh, Canada basketball is uh, very thankful for what you've been able to do for the program. Well, thank you very much, and uh, good luck with your podcast. I'll I'll do my best. Have a wonderful day. Awesome. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Michelle O'Keefe. She'll be stepping down from her position as president and CEO of Canada basketball at the end of June. If you have any thoughts on what you heard, get in touch. You can find me on Twitter at Canada's Court or shoot me an email at Canada's Court Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the website, Canada's Court.com. You can find out the latest episodes and news on Canadian basketball, including a feature on Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies. And before you go do that, please make sure to leave a rating and review of the podcast. It goes a long way. That's all for this episode of Canada's Court. Thanks for listening. Yeah.